3: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're
4: always live on the free Odyssey app. The Odyssey ad. He is far from perfect, Trenny. He's thin, number one, and he runs a lot. And so there's some question there as to whether or not he'd be able to stay healthy because not only does he run a lot, but he is not afraid of contact. And I think he needs to smarten up, honestly, at the next level to make sure he stays healthy. I would also say he has some in terms of processing, some hesitation behind the line. There's some questions about how does how quickly does he see it, but he does take care of the football, which is important to me, and the way one evaluator put it, Trini, is this. If he makes a leap similar to the one that he made from 2022 to 2023, at any point in his pro career, you could be talking about one of the best quarterbacks in football, and that, to me, is what's worthy of a top three selection.
2: Welcome in, Jones and Mego here on WEEI. No ARCAN today. I feel like already my headphones are not operating at peak efficiency. What is going on? Yeah,
5: what's happening with you over there? I don't
2: know. My headphones aren't, uh...
5: Did uh, something happen to them? Quite operating well. Did someone mess with them?
2: Try to get to the uh, bottom of this. I'm going to blame Gresh.
5: Uh Uh-oh. Are you having an input situation? (laughs) Do you need the little, like, dongle thing? The Uh, adapter? Could be. Technical difficulties to start the show.
2: And whatever, we'll make it work. Uh, no Arkan today. I, I Really, I blame him. I blame Gresh. I blame Arkan. These are the main people I'm blaming on the show today. That was Phil Perry on Jaden Daniels. And, well, just one of the overarching storylines of the Combine this weekend. Uh, or this upcoming week, I should say. Uh, how do we feel now that Combine week is here, Mega? Is it officially like we're getting into the offseason finally?
5: Am I just a complete and utter doofus? For being excited about the Combine this week? No. (laughs) I know that the last show calls it the Underwear Olympics. And we got Caleb Williams isn't going to be throwing. Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't going to be doing anything besides, I think, just meeting with people and talking to people. But at the same time, you're sitting here with the number three pick. You got a first-time coach who's actually going there. You've got a mysterious quasi-GM who's actually going to talk to people there, talk to the media there. Like, I am very interested. I don't know. Maybe I'm just deprived. Maybe my hopes for the number three pick are too high. I'm a dork for the combine this week.
2: I see no reason not to be excited. Like, well, uh, we had to watch the Patriots it doesn't all year. Mean
5: anything. No, it's I know, a we, we had to
2: watch the horrible product all year. We had to watch the game all year. Like, now we're finally getting to the point where, oh, okay, we might actually see some improvements on the team, see some additions to the team, get what we're looking for for the team. So, no, I'm excited to get a look at some of these prospects. Not that they're all throwing. Caleb Williams isn't going to throw, but he'll be there. Jaden Daniels isn't going to throw. He'll be there. I think Drake May is throwing, right? I haven't seen anything different. Am I missing anything on Drake May? I haven't May? seen anything on him. I think he's throwing just based on the the absence of any reporting that he won't be. Marvin Harrison Jr. is blowing off the whole thing. So not every prospect will be there. Not every prospect will be doing everything.
5: Wait, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be there, right? No,
2: I don't think so. Oh, he's I staying in he, Columbus.
5: Oh, damn, my bad. I misread Albert Breer. I thought that he was going to be there f- to talk, but he wasn't going to be there for uh, any of the I don't
2: now. think he's going to be there at all. And so, to me, it's still your first opportunity to get up close and personal with some of these prospects and get to know them beyond tape and get some real intel and finalize some real things going into draft season because, let's face it, between free agency and the draft, there's a lot the Patriots have to do. Uh, so we'll get to it with all your phone calls, 617-779-7937. Uh, you're hyped about the combine, mego. You're into the combine,
5: like that just feels so dorky. Don't let, don't Ugh. let Russian Fourier so hyped about the combine. Let's go three code drill.
2: Don't let Russian Fourier uh, talk you down. Vertical. I'm surprised they're not in on the combine. Why would they not be in on the combine?
5: I would think that this would be totally in their wheelhouse. Was yeah. there something, uh, Ryan? Do you remember? Was there something that happened to Fourier at the combine that like? And traumatized him. I don't that he's anti combine. No,
4: I I just think he looks at this like a lot of people look at this like ah it's just a you know a circus as you would say. And I mean, what value can you really get from a guy who's throwing in a t shirt and in sweatpants and not you know have a, a pass rush coming at him?
2: Yeah. Uh, what do they want to talk more Bruins like what What do those two want to talk so they so, definitely so they, don't, to talk so they don't so yes. they would
5: nerd out about like how fast the offensive line guys move like, okay. like I don't know I would think this would be way more uh, in there I thought they house. wanted to
2: go to the combine I thought they wanted to make a trip I to, the to, to the combine I, th- I combine, thought that's what yes. they want now they don't like the combine they
5: just want to go to the steakhouse prime that turns into a club at that night.
2: makes more sense they want the social scene that yeah. goes along with the combine and Indy fine uh, so you're excited about the combine don't be shamed into it Mego. Uh, although if you want to shame Mego, you know the number uh, what interests you the most about the Combine, since you're looking forward to it?
5: Okay, so we put this out as our big cue at two. It's out on our Twitter handle. If you want to weigh in and if you want to tell us how stupid the Combine is and it doesn't matter, that's one of the options. But I would go with this. I have to say that it's the expectation of Elliot Wolf talking tomorrow to the media because this is not something that we regularly get as people following the Patriots. Bill Belichick didn't go to the Combine last year at all. Doesn't Didn't always go. We didn't get any kind of GM because Wolf's not a GM, but he seems to be acting that way. He's holding this press conference. This guy seems to have so much influence over the direction that this team is moving in, the coaches that they're hiring. I happen to think that he'll have a lot of say in the personnel that they bring in, what they do in the draft. And we have never really seen him, at least I can't think of, In a press setting. We've seen him in little packaged videos for Patriots.com where he's giving canned quotes that are edited. I've never seen him actually have to face the media. And I'm just intrigued, not just how he's going to carry himself, but what his answers are going to be around this number three pick. And even just how the freaking like front office is operating. He's going to have to answer some questions.
2: Yeah, so to me, if it's just the novelty of, like, what's he going to sound like? How does he handle the Q&A? Fine. Because we've never heard it. But I don't expect him to say much. Do you expect him to say much? Like, do you expect him to give up any, like, big secrets? I just don't expect that. I want all the secrets. I don't (laughs) think he's going (laughs) to give up big secrets,
5: but perhaps he'll add something okay. so Andy
2: Hart had a checklist of things he wants eight things he wants to hear from Elliot Wolf at the combine it's up now on the Odyssey app A u d a c y. get it on your phone you can check out uh, Andy Hart's blogging there uh, whether or not he has final say over the roster like he's not going to answer that his relationship with Gerard Mayo and Matt Groh you well, know like, what they're going to
4: say what that's a collaboration no,
2: exactly they're going to do the same thing they've done all off season and they're all going to cover for Kraft and Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer who are actually running personnel they're all going to pretend like that's not the case but that's what they're going to do Mayo and Groh's relationship, uh, or his relationship with each of them, or two and three, for Andy Hart. Like, I'm sure that's going to be a bunch of corporate-speak nonsense. The number three pick, I don't think he's going to answer that. The quarterback class, he might. That was one that Andy Hart wanted to hear. What they do with the franchise tag, maybe he'll answer. Are they going to burn cash? I doubt he answers that. And some general philosophy, like maybe two things he's really going to answer. So, Ryan said this before the show, Mego. Elliot Wolf. Could he go up there and be the new macro where you just look at him and go, oh, my God, he's just some NFL lifers kid who's not ready? Maybe. Like, I would be very intrigued by that if when he talks to This is the place to be. You know, just like another uh, underqualified and just thrown to the Wolves, and maybe we'll see it with Elliot Wolf. But my guess is he doesn't answer much. And so, to me, it's about the quarterbacks. And if Drake Mays there, Great. And if you're still just interviewing Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams and they don't throw, I still think you can find out a lot about them. Never mind measurements. Never mind what you're hearing, the general buzz around the combine about these guys. This really should be aligning the tape because you've scouted all these guys. Hopefully you've watched them in person over the course of their final year in college at you know LSU and North Carolina and USC in the case of the top three. Hopefully you've seen them. Hopefully you've watched the tape this really should be the final piece to the puzzle. And never mind on other prospects like Michael Penix, who have massive medical red flags. This really should be the final piece to the puzzle. And from here on out, you should pretty much know what you're doing going into free agency and whether or not you need to address the quarterback position outside of the draft um, or whether you're locked in on a guy. And I think this is where they find out. So to me, not to oversimplify it, but it is the quarterback's uh, your options outside of that. Up now again at Jones and Mego. Hearing from Elliot Wolf, which Mego wants to hear. Uh, it's the quarterback, stupid. That's where I'm at. Gerard Mayo attending. Very, very low vote totals thus far.
4: Ryan, you think the uh, the combine itself doesn't tell you much? That's hey, how you I, would vote. I've never thought that it does. I know a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys working this station are very keen on on seeing these guys go out there and and throw with no shells. I
5: really feel like I'm in the minority oh, over I, here. I like
4: the combine. I'm with you. Well, on Listen, so I do a Saturday program. Every Saturday morning with Chris Shime, Chris nice Shime loves. Thank you uh, to sit and and watch these guys. So me, really, go and shine. Break down. That's. I think that's about it. I'm. I'm very. I didn't hear Gresham Fourier, but I am very surprised that that is the tone they are taking on the combine. But I agree. I don't take a lot of stock in what these guys can do. You know, in in an empty stadium with with nobody rushing at them. Like, oh, cool. Anthony Richardson hit the ceiling. That's amazing. How good was he last year? I don't know because he got hurt. Yes.
5: So I think like I I gotta be a little more clear on this. Please. I'm not excited about watching three cone drills or forty yard dash oh, or I anything am. like that. I'm like in. I don't I agree that those stats don't really translate. You're not too much. gonna
4: give up love is blind for, for <laughs> a little three cone drill, I drill action.
5: I do find the hand measurements hysterical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I am exactly I'm, I'm talking I about full approval of hand measurements. But uh I think what people don't realize about the Combine is this is a total gossip fest. Like, it's a gossip fest, okay? There's going to be a whole bunch of media out there. There's going to be a whole bunch of coaches. There's going to be a lot of younger front office people who are trying to throw their weight around and finagle things behind the scenes. And a lot does happen there. Not in terms of what you're looking at for. I I don't think they're going to look at it and be like, you know what? screw going with the number three pick for quarterback. We are so blown away by J.J. McCarthy today. If that is the tack that they're taking, then I'm like, holy okay, smokes. Okay, but
2: you acknowledge they could they could fall in love with J.J. McCarthy at the combine and consider trading back, for instance. If they
5: do that, I think they're finding themselves in another Mac Jones situation. Okay,
2: they might be, but I'm just saying, I, I'm interested in the quarterbacks, and you're right, there's a lot of gossip there. I think two years ago, that's how we knew Patricia and Judge Turn the Patriots into a laughing stock.
5: And all we heard was that everybody was flabbergasted.
2: Yeah, the Patriots were a laughing stock. They were a joke. It's the high school cafeteria, and everybody's talking about you in the middle of the high school cafeteria. And I C- love it. You have toilet paper stuck to your shoe or whatever. And so that's how we found out about that. There will be more gossip. There will be more rumor mongering, all of which I like. And I think the Patriots will again finally set their board and have a good idea on what they're going to do in the draft. Will they trade back? There is growing reporting that they could. Consider the idea of moving down the draft board. How would you feel about that as a Patriots fan? Will they lock in on a quarterback? Do you have a favorite? You can jump in on this. 617-779-7937. And furthermore, what interests you the most about the combine? Do you want to hear from Elliot Wolf? What would you want to hear from him? He's going to talk tomorrow. Are you locked in on these quarterbacks? Gerard Mayo, also scheduled to be there. What can we learn about him or are you with Ryan and Gresh and Fourier? And I guess most people on this station. The combine doesn't matter. You can't find anything oh, out. The interviews are so interesting. Why are you so focused if on it? If you were a tree, what kind of fruit would you grow? 60, that's a good question. 617-779-7937. Lemons. You can jump in there. You can vote at Jones and Mego Our big question of the day. We start every show with it here on Weei. Uh, we will get into what they're doing with the number three pick. We also won't be all Patriots all day long. Uh, We have some Red Sox items coming up. Sounds like they could be locking in on a free agent. Emphasis on could be locking in on a free agent. We'll get to the Bruins as well. They're falling apart. Are they finally ready to take my advice at the trade deadline? My advice from, oh, I don't know, last trade deadline. We'll get to that. Ryan Garvin with all the latest in trending. And we're right back with what the Patriots are doing.
3: Ah yeah, what of a bear did cocaine? Megan Audelini.
5: This is some
3: Christian s- Arcan. Hey, Adams has a boost that I kind of like.
4: This is Jones and Mecco with
3: Arcan on
4: WEEI. Based off right now, I'm of the view that the first three quarterbacks on the draft are capable enough that no matter what happens at pick one yeah. and pick two, the Patriots bereft of a quarterback option right now on the roster and needing to plug so many gaps elsewhere that even if you just added like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Roma Dunes and Bleak Neighbors like they're still so far away that the advantage you're gathering uh, from having one of those players is sort of
2: neutralized that I would just take whoever quarterback three is Field Yates last week discussing the Patriots and what they can do at the number three pick I think there's a lot of intrigue with the Patriots and their plans with the combine getting ready to get underway next week, uh, or tomorrow rather, this week in Indianapolis, uh, it's Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. Uh, Zeke just popped his head in in the last break and said Arcan is taking quite a beating in the Twitch chat. I've not. Uh, I've been fussing with my headphones for 20 minutes straight. So and I've in been, baseball
4: uh, news, the San Francisco Giants have agreed to a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal with the, with San, the San Francisco, Francisco Giants. Giants. Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. Uh, so I've been I've been uh, fiddling around with my headphones for 20 minutes. I haven't seen the the Twitch chat, but they're. They've been raking Arcan over the coals well, pretty good.
5: I'll say this, Arcan will be back, but we don't know when.
2: <laughs> he wanted to take all this credit last week. He's like, "I showed up on Friday."
5: Right. Cause you and I each took one day.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I can tell you, by the way, Twitch chat, if you're listening, my mother in law just left town, but she's not she's not happy with really social media comments in general. My my, my mother in law is not she's happy with your there? comments. Yeah, oh she's oh she's is on she, there. She's Twitter, lurking.
5: Instagram, what is her preferred? It's a social good question. Media.
2: It's a great question. I think it's Instagram. Instagram think,
5: is generally nicer than Twitter. I think I it might
2: found. be Twitter as well. Twitter. I has highly doubt she's in the Twitch chat, but just know my mother-in-law is not happy with you people in general. Just know that.
5: Okay. Well, I think that it's very sweet that she's protective of you. But I'll say this for the different platforms: I used to be a big Twitter person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, really enjoyed Twitter because I thought it, there, it was just more fun. Then Instagram and Instagram is all like, look at my butt. (laughs) Like, look, like good shape I'm in. Aren't I I pretty? I do like that. And and then now I've kind of switched gears because Twitter is just, it's just, it's a rage pit. Like, it is full of rage. If you want to be outraged about something, that's where you go. And you can be outraged in real time with everybody else about some call in an NBA game or something. But then when it yeah. turns to real-life outrage, I'm like, oh, I don't like this Yeah, as much.
2: sports outrage, though. I'm for it. Uh, so you don't have to listen to my mother-in-law. That's fine. Uh, but you can jump in. Uh, at Jones and Mego. Maybe she'll vote there. Uh, what interests you the most about the Combine? Right now it is the quarterbacks. 37% are jumping out. Second place is with Ryan. Combine's dumb. 31%. Don't care about the combine. Suck
4: it, Super Pack.
2: Here's, here's part of what I think it is. I just think, Patriots fans, you haven't drafted up here for so long, you might forget. Like, you may be underestimating, believe it or not, the significance of this pick at number three. Uh, 29%, and I imagine this number will go up uh, to your point, Ryan, about the Super Pack. They'll follow Mego's suit. Uh, but 29% want to hear from Elliot Wolf slash Elliott Wolf, And 4% care that Gerard Mayo's attending. Do you think it's weird he'll be there, but he won't be talking? Do you find that weird at all?
5: Not really. He's not the GM, so it's not really about him. I think it's more interesting that he's going to be there. Because when we heard from him at the end of last week, it sounded like, sounded it like was, he definitely
2: wasn't going to He
5: made it sound like it was up in the air, but like he wasn't going to go. And now all of a sudden he's going. I think that that is... I'm not going to say it's like a veiled shot at Bill because I think it's kind of ridiculous, but I do think it's kind of presenting a different PR advantage of, oh, look, you know, it's his first time, so he's going to be at the Combine. Well, Bill he's generally putting went. in all the work. He didn't go last no, year. No, no,
2: he didn't go last year, but gener- yeah. but Bill was there almost every year, I think, until until last year, which you reported on at the time. Mego Meg- Meg- had breaking news on this show that Bill would not be at the Combine.
5: And then there is. Was- there is some like strange contradictions that were coming from within the building and at the end of the day i want to say i was right and that person's not here anymore
2: it's uh, a, a good point uh mego's reporting chops quite good uh on that front so we're not going to talk combine all day we're not going to talk number three pick all day we will get to some of these dynasty episodes nothing but hand size our takeaways uh, look i believe in the hand size at quarterback you Wait. need a you need a big hand to grip the football in winter in new england you do
5: our cans not here but yeah. i do have an idea. I think that we need to do a combine type series for all of EEI. We got to do hand size. Okay. Maybe we do a little wingspan. Maybe uh-huh. we do vertical jump. I'm not going to make people do three cones. I would like to see like Fourier that.
4: move that little scooter <laughs> of his around three cones. That would be great content. That would,
5: yeah, that would be great. Don't you think, though? I think this is where we start getting some if, comparisons. We do be great. our EEI combine. I
2: think it would be great. I feel like we needed to plan that earlier than the day before the afternoon before the combine well, starts. Well, the good news like is the I feel combine
5: like, is all week. No, I
2: understand, but I just feel like some planning on this might have, might have served well. Okay, I'm
5: well. going to plan it, and we'll have it by Thursday. How okay. about
2: that? Okay, I like it. Good. Uh 617, 779, 7937. How would you vote? Uh, what are you interested in? If anything, at the combine. Um, that number three pick to me is well, obviously not just a, a big pick for the Patriots, it's a pivot point in the draft. And I think the more you start to read up on this stuff, the more you realize that people are looking at the Patriots as, you know, the team where things could start to go different directions. I don't think people look at the commanders that way. I think people believe the commanders are locked in. On a quarterback. Um, Maybe the Bears. Peter King had something today. Where he seems to feel that the Bears. Could be trading that pick. That's the first time I've read that. In a while. I mean I know it's been out there. But it's the first real. Quote unquote reputable person. Happy retirement by the way. uh, To Peter King. uh, After 40 years. And so. Maybe the Bears are moving that pick. I kind of think the draft starts with the Patriots at three. Which does lead to some intrigue about what they could do. With the pick. Meaning. Who are they taking? Is it a quarterback? If it's not, is it Harrison? If it's not, is it an offensive lineman? Or could they trade back? Uh, Daniel Jeremiah said on Friday, or I'm sorry, Thursday. We talked about this the last show Mego and I were in last week. Uh, he said on a conference call that he did with all the different markets around the NFL, uh, to me, it would be tough to pass on a quarterback, similar to what Field Yates just said. You're not guaranteed to be up there again. There's no guarantee in future years what it looks like at the position. I think you have three guys who are worthy of consideration there. Burt Breer passed along some very interesting things today. Oh, my God. What did he say? Uh, You know, it's the best quarterback class in at least the last five years and maybe like once in a a, a decade type of quarterback class, right? Well, he was
5: talking to Jim Nagy. So he was going around uh, interviewing a couple different people just to get a perspective of what their differing opinions about the combine are, not just, you know, his own opinion. And, yeah, uh, basically the quotes that he got were that, this is a once in every five year quarterback class, quarterback specifically, not just the combine itself. Yeah. The there It is such a deep first round, really falls off after the third round, but that the first round is so stacked that it sounds like it's kind of hard to go wrong with these different positions. If you want quarterback, if you want tackle, that's where you want to live in that first round. But also just the way that he talked about the possibility that overall in this draft there could be nine NFL starting quarterbacks, which is just ridiculous. And I know that sounds like hard to believe, but then when he says it's a once in five years draft, and if you want to go to Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams uh, grades significantly higher than Trevor Lawrence at this point, like all this kind of nerdy stuff, all it to say, I still feel like number three pick. Definitely quarterback. The more I hear, the more I'm like, just stay there. Take the risk. Take a swing on one of these guys.
2: Yeah, and that's how I feel. And that's how I felt all along. And even if it wasn't a once every five or ten years quarterback draft, I would say you're up there. There's three of them. Get one of them. That's been my stance that will remain my stance. We all can prioritize those three however we want. And I continue to go May, Williams, Daniels. But they should take one. And I still feel that way whether I hear it from Jim Nagy or Burt Breer or whomever. The other side of the coin, though, I'm sorry,
5: let me let me double down on this because I have the quote right in front of me. He said it's probably a once in a decade kind of class. Once in a decade.
2: Yeah. And, you know, some Patriots fans want to take Joe Alt uh, or Marvin Harrison, who, quote, unquote, can't miss. And the more I read about him, the more I think he can kind of miss. It has nothing to do with him not working out at the combine. But I I don't want a six four outside receiver. That's not what I want. Not at number three. I want a receiver who can move around the formation. I like Malik Neighbors, but it's a separate argument for a separate time. The idea that he can't miss is stupid. But Jeremy Fowler is the other side of this coin. And he said yesterday on SportsCenter, I'm looking at teams to move up in the draft for a quarterback. And there, I think, are three of them, maybe four, who you can look at that would move up. The Giants are definitely one. I think the Falcons are another debatable one. I think the Vikings and Raiders are the other two. Okay, so you're talking 6, 8, 11, and 13, I believe. He said, somebody's going to move up, and I'm looking at the Raiders. That's a team that could be a mover and a shaker around draft time because of Antonio Pierce. He has an affinity for Jaden Daniels. They were together at Arizona State. He said, that's a connection, and it's strong enough for them to move up from 13 to 3, uh, potentially New England spot. He said, that would be tough, but I think that's on their radar at least. So let's play that out. It goes Williams 1 to Chicago. It goes Drake May, number two to Washington. You're on the board. You can take Jaden Daniels, or you can move down to pick thirteen, where now you're picking up future first round picks, meaning, you know, 13 this year, uh, next year's first rounder, probably second and third rounders this year, maybe another first rounder down the line. Like to move down 10 spots, you're gonna be accumulating a lot of draft capital. I know Tom Curran likes this approach. I know there are others that like this approach. I'm staying and taking the quarterback. I know you're staying and taking the quarterback. But I'm curious what Patriots fans would do. Is that enticing? You know, the Justin Jefferson trade continues to come up. His name remains out there. Uh, He's available. Uh, Let me pull this up for you. I saw this from uh, AI bot, Dove Clayman, yesterday (laughs) on Twitter. Uh, He is, quote, tweeting Charlie Walters, who is a, a Vikings beat reporter. He says there's steam the Vikings could make Justin Jefferson available via trade. So if the Vikings are looking to move up, would you take Jefferson and something uh, to move back and pass on someone like Jaden Daniels? If the Raiders are moving up, will you take a haul to pass on someone like Jaden Daniels? I would not. I would not. But I'm curious where the fans are at. You can jump in. 617-779-7937, along with our big question of the day. Up now, at Jones and Meggo, uh, what interests you the most about the combine? Do you think Jefferson will really move?
5: I don't. I don't either. I think it's maybe in a different... Um... I guess market, especially with free agency. There's so many guys who could move. Even somebody like uh, T. Higgins could get a tag and trade because they also have to pay Jamar Chase. Yep. Over in Cincinnati, so you got Mike Evans out there. We'll see what happens with Pittman Jr. Like. There's just such, it's the opposite of what the wide receiver market was at this time last year, where Jacoby Myers was the sexiest free agent, and then you'd have one or two guys who were maybe going to get traded. I just don't think it's, like, advantageous for him.
2: No, and I was reading uh, Florio over the weekend. He made a compelling case, and he's a Vikings fan, I think, like a childhood Vikings fan. Uh, But he made a compelling case that, well, the Vikings already weren't paying Justin Jefferson. Now the cap has gone up a crap load, yes. right? An extra whatever it was, $10 million than what was projected. So if Jefferson's smart and his representation is smart, he's going to ask for even more money than he was already asking for. Like, hey, wait a minute. You told me to take this number. The cap's even higher than we thought. It'll probably be higher next year and the year after that. No, no, no. My number just went up. And so maybe that pushes the Vikings to make a deal. My guess is he stays. And even if he's available, I want the quarterback. What good is Justin Jefferson if you have the 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 crap quarterbacks that were throwing to him last year after Cousins got hurt? It isn't any good to you.
5: Well, and by the way, Jones, we get one of these stories, I swear, every three or four days. This other wide receiver, Steph Diggs, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. yeah, T. Higgins tag and trade. I'm not sitting here saying that these great wide receivers are a dime a dozen because that's misconstruing it. But you certainly don't get these stories with quarterbacks. No. And there's a reason for that. And so when you say Marvin Harrison Jr. is a lock, he's going to be a generational talent. I want him. You can build everything else around him. You can get a quarterback like Bo Nix or you can get somebody the next year. I don't really buy it. Like these quarterbacks stay put most of the time. And these receivers are constantly... Jumping from, you know, the Vikings to the Bills to the Raiders to Philly to Miami. Like, you can get receivers in other avenues.
2: Yeah, and Arcand is about the staunchest, hey, go get a quarterback uh, or go get a receiver. You can find quarterbacks. But we even got him to bend the knee last week and say, it's probably more likely you can find a receiver than a quarterback. <laughs> Which, thank you, Arkand. Uh, You know, yeah, very, very necessary uh, to be here for that. He's off all week, by the way, uh, here on Jones and Mega without Arcan. On WE Yeah, let's get to some phone calls. A lot of you waiting patiently. We'll start it off with our buddy Jonathan in Randolph. What's up, Jonathan?
0: Uh hey guys. Uh first thing, um, does Arcane have the most generous contract in radio at the moment? Because uh the DV's taken off. Like wow.
2: Uh it's flex time. Um, Is uh, I would say it has more to do with that, uh, uh Odyssey's policies than uh, anything in his deal. But yes, go ahead.
0: Uh yeah, um I, I about had a like a conniption when I I think it was Tom Curran said, like, you know trade down from three and then you can, you know, get a bunch of picks and pick, pick up, you know, three or four starters. And I'm just like, Curran, you know, better to get like two starters in one draft is a home run. The the chances of getting, you know, a whole, you know, half a squad in, in one draft is impossible. And first and second of all, getting the guy a quarterback, is more important than any starter at any other position or any combination of them. And if you screw up, if it's a bust, then you try again. That's what the Super Bowl, latest Super Bowl, taught everybody. You need the guy. You need a top elite, and you got to keep trying. I don't want to build from the middle or the outside, whatever. Start with the quarterback, and if it doesn't work, do it again.
2: Yeah. And are we like, are we sure that Wolf is going to hit on all these picks? It's like, oh, let's try. We have no idea how he drafts. We have no clue.
5: We have no clue what his role was up until this point. Like, we don't know how much Bill just came in and maybe stomped all over ideas that he had or that Matt Groh had, or if he was the one who was really wheeling and dealing for 90% of the picks. We don't know.
2: If they trade down, it's self-preservation. Mayo, Wolf. Oh, yeah. Whomever. It's just they're afraid. It's scared. But they're not just afraid to miss on the quarterback. I think that's where a lot of fans are at. They're afraid about their own NFL mortality, their job security. If they trade back, that will be my read on Mayo and Wolf. They're not ready. They're not ready and they're afraid. And so they move back. And I have no idea how he'll draft, but I did read Reese over the weekend. Uh, he passed along some comments from, who was this? Oh, Andrew Brandt, who worked with Elliot Wolf under Ron Wolf in the Packers program. He said, I believe before, during and after my tenure in the Packer way, which in its simplest simplest terms is no quick fixes, quote unquote. Slow and steady.
5: That's the Packer way? Yes,
2: apparently. It's different than the Patriot way. Uh, which is, you know, stab Bill Belichick in the back these days. Uh, trust your scouting, trust your board, and almost mandate that your coaches will play young players. Again, the Andrew Brandt to Mike Reese. Uh, so it's draft and develop, and then speaking to my end as a negotiator, once you identify those core players, get them under extension way before free agency.
5: Okay, well I don't hate that part. No, I don't
2: hate it either. But that's that's the Packer way. Is Elliot? Do we have any indication Elliot Wolf is going to do any of that? Is that the model that he's trying to follow? They haven't locked up anybody so far. Yeah, that so sounds far. to
5: me like trade down, hoard picks, I like build it. it out over three or four years, and then hopefully a quarterback emerges from the ether. This is what bothers me about all of this, is that I don't disagree with how bad your roster is, particularly on offense, that you do need picks. You do need to build this out over a couple drafts. I absolutely agree. What bothers me is that then you have people in the know who are saying this is a once in a decade draft for quarterbacks. Right. This is an amazing class. And you could have something like the Joe Burrow draft and you're going, well, we need to hoard picks. We need to do this the Packer way over a couple of years and a quarterback will come from somewhere.
2: I'm just, I'm not, it's, it's easy to look at it and say, oh, well, what's one more year? Let's build and let's wait one more year. Well, it's already been four since Brady right. left. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not one more year. It's now going to be half a decade that you're asking people to wait. And that's annoying. Uh, by the way, Reese said this from Daniel Jeremiah as well. Uh, he said that the Patriots were uh, uh, had previously been one of the more niche drafting teams in the league, and they would catch you off guard. I think of Cole Strange; that would be a niche pick, catching you off guard, drafting Do you mean guys. Niche? Uh, yeah, niche, niche. Might not it, it, you can pronounce I think both you can go ways. Either way, yeah,
5: yeah
4: right, correct. But I just I'm, making
5: sure. Niche, niche, niche. Ryan, can we have a ruling?
4: I, I think Mego's just looking for any opportunity to jump on anybody on this show. <laughs> is that what it is?
5: Wait, that, come that's on. what it is. No, what no, no, that's what it is. On? Yeah.
4: I'm on the niche side.
5: Thank you,
2: niche, niche. Uh, it's like a
5: foreign word, right? No,
2: that's like that's in the lacrosse world, you know, in the in the highfalutin, <laughs> high right? level money bags lacrosse is, world. That's how you pronounce it. This is one
5: of it. our niche plays. Yes,
2: exactly. Lacrosse being a niche uh, sport, they were obsessed with fit and might take a guy three rounds before anybody else. Jeremiah says he expects that to change with Elliot Wolf taking the leading role adding wolf came up through the green bay system we were just referencing. Uh, so that's the best we have on Elliot Wolf but nothing concrete. And we'll hear from him tomorrow, which Mego is looking forward to. Uh, Joe is in Randolph. Go ahead, Joe.
5: Okay, let me get you out the speaker. Please. Yeah, I just I just wanted to say hi everybody. Hi. Hi Joe. Uh, I shouldn't Everyone worry except too much. Yeah, I shouldn't worry too much about this year's draft because I think the Patriots are going to stink for the next 5 years. So they're going to be in the top tier for drafts for the next six years. And so they're going to be able to draft a plethora of good players.
2: Okay, so that's a a nightmare scenario. That's Disposition for a very terrible terrible thing. thing. Here's one thing I'll give the caller. Top
5: five drafts.
2: Here's one thing I'll give the caller. five drafts. Because I feel like I've been guilty of saying it, and I hate stuff like this where everybody just says it and we assume it as fact. Daniel Jeremiah just said it. I've said it a bunch well, you're not going to be up here drafting again. I'm not so sure about that. You know, like, you shouldn't be up here drafting again. You should not be drafting again at three. But let's not pretend like that's impossible. With Gerard Mayo and his crappy coaching staff and Elliot Wolf, completely unproven, ownership meddling, who knows how they're going to spend. And who knows how they're going to draft. We have no clue how they're going to draft. So I, I should not continue to peddle that line well you're never going to be up this high again no they could be hopefully they're not they shouldn't be but they could be
5: doesn't this also though argue against trading back because let's say for the case of the raiders that we just talked about that the raiders move up and the raiders could be good next year they got more pieces than you do and they love their coach there already yeah so maybe the raiders are good next year and then you have a Raiders pick that isn't as high in the first round as maybe you would hope it would no, be. No. Is that worth
2: it? 100%. And so. What if
5: they go get a quarterback and that quarterback ends up fitting in seamlessly, like a Jaden and Daniels, and then you've got no quarterback think, and you've just got one pick that's somewhere low in the first round?
2: I think the Cardinals did that last year, right? Didn't the Cardinals trade with Houston? And they're like, oh, we'll have a super high pick next year. And it turns out Houston won a round in the playoffs. So that is a dangerous game to play if you just assume somebody else's pick, the Danny Ainge model, is going to be super high in the draft. 617, 779, 7937 What do you want the Patriots doing at three? Would you entertain a trade back? Would you want a player like Justin Jefferson in return? These are things we've discussed in the past. Uh, furthermore, what do you want to hear at the Combine tomorrow from Elliott Wolf, out of the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, uh, getting a look at some of these quarterbacks? You can vote in our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego. Plus, let's get to the Red Sox. Are they finally, finally ready to make an upgrade to their rotation? We'll do that next.
3: Stein Law Studios. One eight hundred BOS Legal. This is WEI. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A U D A C Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now more of Jones and Mego on
0: WEI. Do you get the sense that things have changed at all? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. We're yet seeing the implications of, you know. Bellinger signing, let's say, uh, you know, and I think a lot has been made of the, you know, the constraints or parameters that we are or aren't working under, um, you know, I think we'll obviously continue to look at every opportunity that's out there to, to improve the team um, while ensuring that we prioritize, uh, you know, kind of the, the long-term outlook alongside the shorter-term outlook. Um, so I don't know is the short answer, um, but, you
2: know, it, w- it would be irresponsible not to find out. How's Craig Breslow yesterday?
5: Let's not be irresponsible here. Come on. No, now. no, no, no.
2: No. Uh, they, uh, the Red Sox are super irresponsible, aren't they? Uh, their spending is it's just so, so lavish. So reckless. Really? Rain it back, guys. Dial it down, please. Uh, Craig Breslow yesterday uh, during the game broadcast of some preseason action, uh, spring training action, I should say. Uh, Red Sox, they beat Northeastern, I saw, right? Good for them. It would have been really funny if they didn't, though. Oh, boy. Nice job, Red Sox. Don't say they can't beat a college team. How dare you? Uh, They're losing right now to Philadelphia. Uh, So we got our eyes on that here today. But interesting answer from Craig Breslow. And it aligns with a few other tweets that are out there today, along with some comments from Alex Cora. Uh, Let me read these for you. Buster Olney tweeted out this morning, Red Sox had a Zoom meeting with Jordan Montgomery recently.
5: Yay!
2: I thought, weren't they... Wasn't he here in Boston?
5: I thought so. His his wife is doing a, a like a residency here, right? So like you guys or are fellowship, you're some in kind the same city, residency thing.
2: You're in the same city. You can't get a face to face with this guy. You got to zoom with him. Uh, but I digress. He'd represent an upgrade for their twenty four rotation. Buster says. Well,
5: Breslow down in Florida
2: now? But like they had all off season is my point to get a face to face. Yes,
5: they just got around to it.
2: Breslow is in Florida though. Yeah, he was on the bro- he was on the broadcast yesterday. And if signed to a long-term deal, he could be part of the staff rotation. They certainly have the payroll flexibility to make it happen. And the reason that Breslow was talking about some of this movement in free agency is because Bellinger just signed. That's a Boris client, three years, $80 million. Maybe, just maybe, the market is loosening up a little bit. And some of these players are going to start to sign. Uh, Breslow wouldn't go there necessarily, but now we're getting some news on Jordan Montgomery. Peter Gammons. Also tweeted out, no spelling errors that I could see. This wasn't a pocket dial, though those are always very it was dangerous like with tweets. Ampersand
4: Camments. 7777 <laughs> David Ortiz. No,
2: that's usually what his tweets are. Uh, this one, one NL executive yesterday said, We hear the Red Sox and Scott Boris had a good meeting recently and may get some deal eventually done on Jordan Montgomery. May get some deal done eventually on Jordan Montgomery. So, what do you make of this news? dovetailing with Breslow's comments yesterday. I'll read you what Alex Cora had to say earlier uh, this afternoon. But what do you make of that? Does that mean are the Red Sox actually in, do you believe? And if they are, why? Why all of a sudden the movement?
5: Well, let's go back a second because Ryan just said in my ear that that Zoom meeting happened a week before spring training started. So they could have just met face-to-face. So they to were face. all here in
2: Boston and they Zoomed. Yeah, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, the, like, they what were you just doing?
5: Zooming. Um, I... I think that what they're doing is they're trying to wait out the market and get him at the bottom dollar, get him at the cheapest contract, as little commitment as they can make to him because they're looking around and seeing not a lot of these other Boris clients are moving right now. So can they get him for as cheap as possible? And maybe you think that that's the smart thing. Maybe you think that they're actually playing this the right way. Because Jordan Montgomery is not going anywhere else. So you can They've just...
2: read the market. Exactly. They nailed it. They weren't going to overpay. It's good business, that Whatever. sort of thing.
5: To me, it's just another strike, another indication of how this front office is moving, which is slow, trying to get something at the biggest discount possible, like not really moving with any kind of, I don't know, z- decisiveness or urgency at all about. Putting someone in a place that they really need help, which is the rotation, where by the way, they've needed help for the last two seasons before this season, and they haven't done a whole lot in a meaningful way. So to me, like I look at it and I go, Maybe they'll fall into something. They'll fall into a good contract with Jordan Montgomery and we'll be sitting here in July and going like, wow, that was really smart of them. Way to go, Craig Breslow. You know, way to go, John Henry. But as I sit here today, it it doesn't really represent anything meaningful to me.
2: So the Twitch chat is saying, and this is generally how I feel, though it's normally John Heyman information is how I feel about this. Boris is just using the Red Sox. He's trying to up the offer or up the ante for his other players. It's possible. That's John Heyman tweeted this out. I'm sorry. Speaking of mispronunciations, my mistake Fourier. Apologies all around. But could Boris be using the Red Sox's leverage? 100%. Oh, yeah. that, could, that could easily be going on. Hey, this is a team that has obvious holes. They, You know they could spend if the owner just decides to change his mind and start spending. So we're trying to get another year or another $25 million or whatever out of Team X. Let's scare them. And so this is the scare tactic. Maybe. But then I see Alex Cora's comments today, and you forwarded these, Meggo, uh, asked about a rotation upgrade. Not Montgomery specifically, but a rotation upgrade. He said, quote, we're working hard towards that. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we've been working hard the whole offseason. It's not for a lack of trying. I'm telling you. A lot of meetings, a lot of conversations. So... To me, if Alex Cora knows they're not going to get a player like this, why even fan those flames? This fans the flames a little bit. Why do that if you're Cora? Now we can game that out and say, well, Cora's pissed and Cora wants out and Cora's just going to put pressure on ownership or whatever, but that intrigues me a little bit where the Red Sox may not just be leverage and maybe between Theo Epstein, the new Netflix documentary, which I know you and Arcan don't think puts any pressure on the Red Sox, but you don't want to go out and lose 100 games and be a last place team and have a documentary memorializing it. You just don't. So between the Netflix documentary, between Theo, between, I don't know, enough people complaining, Pedroia yelling at them, maybe, just maybe John Henry's like, fine, fine. I'm going to sign the pitcher that won't make any difference. We'll still be a last place team, but at least people won't say I didn't spend it all. Like maybe he's willing to finally move on that.
5: I don't know. I don't think it even goes up that high, to be honest. Like, with this particular guy, well, I think...
2: He, he's the one who's going to have to... You don't think it goes up to John Henry on opening up the first no, strings? No, I
5: mean, I don't think that all of those indicators going back to John Henry... I just don't think John Henry cares that much right now. I think this is the plan that he's in, and there's not going to be a whole lot that shifts him away from it. Like, those are all small things that could move the needle a little bit but i just don't think it won't so you think it's leverage. i don't think it will
2: you just think this is all leverage I think and it fake could and that's be what, okay. leverage
5: or it could just be hey this is the market right now and so the reds both sides are kind of slow playing it to see if anything else comes around and then all of a sudden it's going to be last call and the lights come on and you are the only two left at the bar
4: if they sign jordan montgomery ryan yes. are they still a last place team absolutely Absolutely, and I, I don't really think that Jordan Montgomery is going to be the move that that can propel you out of, you know, battling for last place with either, like, Tampa or Toronto, and I heard Lou talking about it on the Midday Show last week, and I think he brings up a really good point as far as, like, Montgomery's fit with this team specifically, historically, he's not, like, a big strikeout guy, so... If I'm looking to sign with a team somewhere and I know that I'm going to be on the market in a year or two years, I don't want to come to the Red Sox because I need to trust that my infield is going to be on their game. Let me turn. who do we got? (laughs) Oh, great. It's Rafael Devers and Tristan Casas, who spent three quarters of the scene, a season and, allaying the and baseball. maybe Von Grissom.
2: We don't even know if he can play
4: second I, base. Trevor Story would be like the only guy I go, okay, I probably feel good about him. But I think if you're looking for a short-term deal, you're not going to do it in Boston because they're just not built for a pitcher like that. So
2: here's what I'll say. They're still a last-place team with Jordan Montgomery. They Absolutely. Might be, they might be a last-place team with Montgomery and Snell. Like, they could sign both and maybe still be a last-place team. They suck. There's nothing on this roster, hardly. So... I don't think it would change their their outlook for the season. But it might, it might be a little indication, and I'm as skeptical as they come. Like maybe John Henry's just throwing money at, at it to, to, to scare people off or to get people away from this narrative that he won't spend. But maybe it'd be the first indication that Theo or the Netflix documentary or some of the external pressure is changing things a little bit. And I would find that encouraging. So what do you think's going on with the Red Sox and Jordan Montgomery? The Red Sox are, and free agency. You can jump in 617-779-7937. That's your phone number to get in touch. With Jones and Mego, you can still vote in our big question of the day. What interests you the most about the combine? Do you want to hear from Elliot Wolf? Are you excited to see these quarterbacks? Is the combine overrated? Continue to sound off there and let's get to Bill Belichick. You guys have been watching some of these dynasty episodes. Mego's seen more than I have. Are you starting to feel a little bad for Bill Belichick? Yeah, I can confirm that. Are we to the point where you feel bad for Bill? Let's get to it next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost
1: of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend a here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.